Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lauren Interviews podcast. I hope everyone is having a great day. I am so excited because I have an awesome guest today that really means a lot to me. I grew up listening to him and, you know, he's made some headlines recently for some not so great reasons. So I wanted to get him on the show and I wanted to just talk about everything that he's doing. Um, and everything he's doing right now, by the way, is super positive. He's a super positive guy. So Brad Fischetti of LFO, welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I thought you were talking about the guy behind you. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. No, also, I I was a little um not in my right mind one night, and I found this artist on Instagram, and I'm like, hey, can you paint me a picture of Adam Sandler and Chris Farley? <laughs> and I know. I woke up the next morning. I Venmoed some guy cash that I didn't even know. Thank God it all worked out. So. <laughs> all right. That, that's a story that needs to be dug into some more one day, but for now, we'll... Uh... <laughs> Isn't I know I'm cuckoo bananas. You're just, you're going to learn I'm cuckoo. Jeff, Jeff knows. And, and Brad and I talked about this, but Jeff Timmons, who I had another podcast with called millennials revealed hooked Brad and I up, which I am just so thankful for. Cause we both agree. Jeff is a great guy. So yeah, Jeff's a, Jeff's a beautiful soul. And um, I hope he holds a very special place in my heart for sure. And you guys you're on tour right now with Jeff technically. We do play some shows together. Um, I play a lot of shows with this Pop 2000 lineup, which is mm. usually Chris from NSYNC and O-Town and Ryan Cabrera, and sometimes Mark from uh, Sugar Ray. Um, and then Jeff is sometimes uh, on the shows as well. So we did one you know, maybe about six, eight weeks ago together and got a couple more coming up this summer. But it's always fun to to share a stage with him and, and spend time with him. He's, just, he's yeah. such an inspiring, he's, he inspires me in a lot of different ways. Oh, that's so nice. I, I think I'm going to try to come. You guys, I think, have one in Atlantic City. I'm in New York City, so it's AC is like two hours away, but it's, yeah. I mean, it's really fun to go there overnight and just, like, it is, I mean, have you been to AC? I'm sure you have. Yeah, we played a couple shows there, uh, but I haven't, like, gone there as a, uh, you know, like, as a destination or as a tourist, you know? You shouldn't. You sh it's trash. Like, it's like, it's like <laughs> some of the venues are really nice and really beautiful, and a lot of huge shows play in Atlantic City because of this this reputation that it had, you know, in the 80s and 90s. And now it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of grimy. But if you want to go there and just act a fool and just act crazy, like it's, it's the place to go. So I'm coming to that. So that's this summer. I think, it's, I think it's June, um, but I will confirm. So anyway, Brad, like I said, you've been making headlines because everybody has been coming at you and saying like, I cannot believe a third member of LFO died and you're sitting here and you're like, yes, this happened, but I don't believe in a curse. And I hope there's not a curse. I mean, are you still feeling that way? Yeah. So, um, 
you know, as as a lot of folks who know LFO know, LFO was three guys, right? It was me, mm-hmm. Rich, and Devin. And um, Rich passed away in 2010 after a five-year battle with leukemia. And Devin passed away in 2018 after a, a short um, battle with, with primary adrenal cancer. And um, a month or two ago, um, a guy named Brian passed away. And, and like I said in my post, every story has is made up of chapters. And Brian was a big part of the first two chapters. Um, we hadn't worked together in 25 years, but he was in the group uh, prior to Devin. And when he passed, you know, obviously there's the the fact that somebody who you knew and had a lot of memories with is gone, which is sad. Then you think about his family, his father, his fiance, and that brings a lot of sadness. But then you start thinking about it like some of these people have like, wait a second, how is this possible that another piece of the story is gone this the story was already a tragedy that's what i always mm. tell people is the lfo story is a tragic story and it just became more tragic and you know i did get asked in an interview if i believed in a curse and 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 i don't because it's it's sort of a curse i guess you could kind of relate to like karma and mm. and the issue i have with that is there's no room for redemption and and, and i believe in redemption right yeah so it's like you did this so therefore this is going to happen well how about you did this make things right to avoid that other thing happening right yeah and so so i do believe in the power of redemption and um and i do believe in in trying to believe through great struggle comes great grace you know and you know dmx once said to live is to suffer to, to survive is to find meaning in the suffering and so for me, you know, I can't control what happens to me or, and neither can you, right? But we do have the ability to respond. And I've chosen to respond in the most positive way I can to try to be a light in the darkness. Now, yeah. it doesn't come natural and it wasn't easy, you know? Um, when Devin died, I went into a deep, deep depression. You know, I went into the darkness. It was like somebody pulled a hood over my eyes and and I couldn't find joy in anything. Mm. And at the time I had five kids, I had six now. And um, my wife said, listen, you got to do something. You can't live this way, you know? Yeah. And so I sought help. Now, a lot of us aren't vulnerable enough to admit when we need help, especially when it comes to mental health, especially when it comes to men, right? Men are usually not too vulnerable when it comes to their mental health we're very focused on our physical health, right? We try to eat right or exercise. Mm. And there's less of a stigma on that kind of thing these days on mental health than there was say, 10, 15 years ago. So I made a choice to try to get some help. And and I did, you know, um, I went to my primary doctor. He sent me to a psychiatrist. I met with my pastor. I tried to work out. I tried to eat better. tried to spend time with friends. And eventually I, I pulled through it. Now, not everybody has that person in their life that says, hey, I noticed this thing about you let's see what we can do to help you you know so i was so thankful that people around me were willing to help and and i was able to i was able to make it through you know and yeah. um yeah i mean that's you're you just nailed it though i feel like when devin passed away nobody spoke about mental health it was almost just like it, it was something that you kept secret something that was sort of in the closet 
So that takes a lot of, of courage to go out there and actually physically get yourself help. And I remember seeing this, this video, um, that you and Devin did on YouTube. It was like, he had just gotten something removed and you guys were just, I mean, I, and I recently watched this too. And it made me cry because you both like, you were just so hopeful. And even Devin was making jokes and he was like, Oh, I just got rid of a tumor. Like that, that Tom Brady could throw around like a football. No, no, yeah. A hundred percent. Like, uh, yeah. you know, when we were sit, you know, he had primary adrenal cancer, which is the adrenal glands, like this little tiny, like acorn shaped thing on the top of your kidney. It's like yeah. a one in a million cancer, which I guess makes sense because he was a one in a million type of person. And, you know, I, I went on the appointments with him to the different surgeons who were going to be involved. And they gave us like worst case scenarios. Like, you know, you wake up with a, I think they call it a coloscopy bag where like you can no longer, you know, yes. uh, defecate. It goes in right. this bag. And you know, it's like all these different stories and surgery is going to take eight hours. And so we're all sitting in the waiting room, praying, trying to cry, laugh, you know, just spend yeah. time together. And then yeah. the doctor comes out in like two hours and we're like, he shows me his picture on his on his iPhone because we got it, and he took out the football was like this the, the, the sorry the football the tumor was the size of a <laughs> yeah, the tumor was the size of a football and it totally hit engulfed his kidney so they took out his kidney and they took out the tumor and we thought it was curative you know we all cried right. like okay he's cured they took out the tumor so that's probably why in that video we were. You so guys seem positive. so, yes, that's why I think a lot of people were like a few, I think it was a few months later when he didn't make it. So you guys thought after the doctor showed you and it was only two hours, you <laughs> thought like, great, this is it. He's done. That's it. But the problem was it was, it was stage four. Um, and we didn't know at the time, but it had spread to his blood and to his bones. And so when that was revealed, and, I, and when he called me, man, I was like, it still just mm -hmm. devastates me hearing him say it. You remember exactly. <clears throat> yeah. But, um, yeah. So, you know, he went through, you know, the stuff people do when they have cancer. I took him down to the hospital and he got a, a port put in and then he had chemo and chemo, it wasn't really. It wasn't working. It wasn't making him feel good. So he moved on to immunotherapy after that. And he kind of bounced back. He looked like himself. He had energy. Mm -hmm. But inside him, you know, all hell was breaking loose. And it was it was spreading. And and I'm, I'm not afraid to say he suffered. He yeah. really he really suffered. And unfortunately, a lot of us had the experience of watching somebody we love suffer from from cancer. Yeah. And he really he really did suffer. And it was it was heart wrenching to to watch it. I don't think anybody deserves that. Um, but he always he always approached it um, in the way only Devin could, you know. Yeah, and, I, uh, yeah. Even, even towards the end, he was still, you know, making music, sending me recordings. One time, he's you know, I asked him how he was doing, and he responded yeah. in a typ typical Devin way, like um, over text message, and then. I took his words and put them into a poem and then he responded with a song. It's a beautiful song that he just wrote off the poem. Just just sitting there on his phone with a guitar. Really? You know? Yeah. Really beautiful. Um it's called uh Listen to the Warmth. I think it's actually still on Spotify. I put it on Spotify. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to there's a song I wrote for him. I, I wrote a song called Ode to Harold for him. Okay. And then I added that 
that song essentially the warmth is just him on an iphone recording you know it's on uh, if it's on this, spotify i think i can find it and i can play it so i'll look for it after yeah, yeah um, it was beautiful it just really beautiful so he, he yeah he was a beautiful soul and you know it's when rich died it was it was it was devastating 100 mm -hmm. um it was a little different just because i wasn't around him during you know he lived in boston um i, I wasn't with him during the time that he was getting treated and the group was on that. a break I, at that point am i right yeah i didn't okay even, yeah, yeah I did, you know i i didn't even know he was close to death at the time because we reunited he was diagnosed in 05 yep we reunited in 09 and did a tour together and he was sick at the time but but well enough to if he rested, he could get on the stage and do this thing. So we gave him the back of the tour bus. That was Rich's whole, that was his lounge. And he rested during the day. And Devin and I would do press and we'd do sound checks. And then we'd help him get dressed for the show and help him to the stage. And once he got down in the middle of the stage, oh he was Oh, my good. God. I didn't realize all yeah. that. Oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah, he was, he was still in, in rough shape. But but he was able to, to, to rock the show, which he loved to do more than anything. And then oh. probably about... I don't know, maybe six, eight months later, I'd heard that he was having some trouble walking. So I texted him one day. I said, hey, man, I hear you're having trouble walking. I figured there's no better way to get you out of bed than to book another tour. So what do you think? Yeah. And he, didn't, he didn't respond. And then a few weeks after that was his birthday. I texted him, no response. And then a week later, I got the news that, that he had passed away. So it was, it was devastating. And Devin and I just blew our minds. But... I was thankful because I had Devin. He was living with me at the time. He was my mm -hmm. best friend, and, mm. and we helped each other get through that. When Devin got sick, first of all, oh. Devin was the most healthy guy you'd ever meet. You know, he's like a yeah. Timmons, totally fit. Yes, so, yeah. So, so fit, takes good care of himself, eats right. Devin was a guy that lived with very little stress, you know, just amazing. So when he got sick, it was like, how, how is it possible? Like, Devin yeah. Lima doesn't get sick, you know? Right. So just being there with him through the process was a was a really uh, it was a horrible horrible situation. But I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to be with him a lot during his treatment and yeah and towards the end. And uh, there's some losses you just never ever ever get over. You just have to learn how to get through it. And you think about well, how would Rich want me to live? How would Dad mm -hmm. want me to live? You know, mm -hmm. I try to remember that in my in my dark times that. You know, I got to try to do my best to live the way these guys want me to. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I guess I've interviewed quite a few boy band members, and they, I don't want to say there's a facade, but there's a there's something that people always think like, oh, this group of guys they tour together, they're always together, they're best friends. That is absolutely not the case for I would say almost every boy band, except yeah. for you guys. I am just like. I am amazed and I am just shocked that you were actually genuinely that close and you genuinely loved each other that much. That's just so touching and just, it's almost surprising, you know? Yeah. You know, I would say, you know, all, all the groups they have obviously stay together as long as they have, they have good relationships, but there's always junk. I mean, even with yeah. our group, there was, there was stuff you had to deal with that was really difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, I guess, you know, you got Nick and Drew from 98 and they're brothers. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's probably sort of similar how me and Devin and I were, we were just, 
you know, we were like brothers. Um, yeah. And, um, and, and Rich too, during, during our, our best days, you know what I mean? But like mm-hmm. I said, I have been away from Rich for so long. You know, I yeah. hadn't seen him in, before we were united in 09. I hadn't seen him in, in, in a few years, you know? Yeah. So, but with Devin, you know, it's like I saw him every day. Um, yeah. But he, yeah, he truly was my best friend. He was like, you know, I don't, I don't know if the word soulmate exists, but yeah. like the closest thing you can imagine to just this extraordinary, you know, the closest relationship two men who are not a thing can have <laughs> I together. Get it. I get it. You know what I mean? I mean, and I can so, feel, I can feel your, um, I just, I can feel how much you love him just even through yeah. this Zoom right now, which is really touching. Yeah, uh, really touching. I, I, I love them both a lot. You know, and I, you know, I pray every day and ask them to pray for me, you know, to help me to honor them appropriately, help me to be a better singer, better rapper, better performer, better writer, better philosopher. You know what I mean? Just yeah, you know, yeah. help me to, to, it's an unfortunate honor to be left here to carry on a legacy, but I take it seriously. And my LFO mission is, is pretty simple. Honor Rich, honor Devin, nurture the legacy and bringing fans back to a simple time, you know, a time. Yeah before marriages and divorces and money problems and work and kids and all this other stuff, just take it two hours out of your day and just go back to when things were just a lot easier for most people. And so that's a great I was just saying this. I was saying I would give anything. I would literally, I hate this world right now. I hate that we can't say what we want to say. I like without being canceled or we don't agree with, you know, I hate it so much. I just said, Take me back to the mall when I was buying the summer girl single for $3.99, the money I saved. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. take me back to that. Like, you guys, you obviously don't remember, but I'm from Manchester, New Hampshire. But there was this yeah. theater yeah. and there was this Hanover Street. I skipped school to go see you guys. And I cried. I cried and cried in the front row. <laughs> I literally, I remember it like it was yesterday. And I was like, I didn't even know how good we had it when nothing mattered yeah. except for just like, regular life like you know what i'm saying yeah. it's like no you're you're right I, mean, yeah. I, was, I went to see that movie about about the air jordans i think it's called air yeah and you know all 80s which is my childhood you know mm. i mean i look back and go man the 80s were awesome music was great tv shows were awesome movies are awesome yep. you know sports was amazing no one you was know, sensitive just, <laughs> like it was fine i mean yeah i mean it's <laughs> You know, we, we we were definitely living in a very difficult time. It's a very divisive time. And that's, that's the thing that kind of breaks my heart, too, is, like, somebody was texting me the other day, some financial article. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the guy who, this particular guy was part of one particular party. And it's like, you know, maybe not the party we relate to, but it's like, it, we, we both remind ourselves, like, that's how we look at things. Like, mm-hmm. just because you're part of this party doesn't mean that you can't be smart into, like... You know, it's like on both sides of the table, there's really mm-hmm. smart people. Not a certain aspects of each party might align with, but it's like we don't have to be so divisive. We can, we can, we can appreciate the the strengths of of all people, not just the people who are so tightly aligned to the things that we believe. You know, so it's a yes. tough time. I, I agree. You know, which is why I think music is great because it's it's an escape from that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, yeah you know, i mean people you know, so, will make some, things partisan though it's so stupid people will make music no, partisan they made kanye you well, know what i'm saying like you can't it's so well, hard now yeah and there's some musicians who choose to use their platform to to discuss their political agenda which is fine that's that's a personal choice mm-hmm. for me especially with us being more like a nostalgic group these days 
I just I just want to be a break from all that stuff when I'm playing a show, you know. Um, yes. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna talk about anything that I want you to think about, it's it's you know having faith in God and and seeking God, whatever religion yeah. you might be. You know, what I mean that's kind of I love thing that. I might stand up and say, but all the other stuff, sports should be the same thing for me. Sports should be an escape from from the realities of today's world, and um, sometimes they're not, but. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, we we do have to learn to just um, have respect for each other. I've definitely learned that a lot. That you, know, you can't put people in a box and, and try and tell them how to be or how to live. Same thing goes for faith. You can't. It's not caught. It's not taught. Faith is caught. You know, and so you yeah. can't shove it down somebody's throat. Just like you can't shove your ideology down down someone's throat. You know. So yeah, I believe I that agree. people should have the you know the freedom to 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 believe what they want to believe and think what they want to think and dress how they want to dress. And mm-hmm. it's not my business, you know, as long <laughs> as it's not, you know, um, you know, extraordinarily uh, harmful to other people, then, you know, let people live. I agree. I think, I think we're aligned on, on that for sure. And I think that you personally, I think what you've been through, uh, I don't see a way that you could have gone gotten through this without a personal relationship with God or a personal relationship with Jesus, because this is just something that most people don't really have to experience in their life. And something that a lot of people don't realize on the outside is that it wasn't just your best friends that died. It was, um, you know, you dealt with a really crooked uh, head of, of uh, a record label. What was his name? Lou Pearlman. I mean, he completely fucked you guys. Excuse my language. Your keyboard player died. I mean, you had so many people just around you. You had death surrounding you guys. So it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and, you know, this lady Kelly Schweinsberg, who who ran this small label under BMG in the United States called Logic Records. She's the only reason why we had a chance to make it here. Um, she died young oh. as well, you know, wow. um, back, you know, 20 years ago. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, 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 the LFO story is, is really, it's a tragedy. It's, it's quite a compelling and extraordinary story. Sometimes I don't realize it because I'm living it. You are. But when I stop and look from the outside where people like yourself, you know, kind of run through the events, it's like, wow, that's, that was even crazy. if you don't like boy bands, even if you don't like music, it's still a it's still a compelling story. And so, because it's like almost said, unbelievable. It's, That's why it's yeah, almost unbelievable. It, it's almost too like what? I mean, yeah. yeah, it is. It's 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 a crazy crazy story. You know, even the stuff that people don't know, it's just a crazy story. And you know, there's some days. Honestly, there are some days where I wish. I, I just would have just done normal things after high school, you know, went to college, became a gym teacher and a baseball coach and just, Stop. You know I, mean? I get um, it, but no, no. no I, but, yeah. But I'm not, yeah. I'm not that person who I can't live with regrets. Cause if I say I regret something, then, then I, then I say, I'm not happy with where I am. And, and I am happy with where I am now. Do I wish I could have gotten here without some of the mistakes that I made or gone through some of the trials I've gone through? Of course, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think some people have to learn the hard way. And I was one of those people who had to learn the hard way. And um, I'm thankful to to kind of know what I know. And and um, I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I just try to do my best to stay close to God, stay close to my family, um, mm. try to make good choices, try to discern what God's will is for me in my life, um, and um, and try to be a light in the darkness. 
And you are, I, I truly believe you are Brad for, for real. Um, I did, I wanted to ask you when Brian died, you had mentioned in your Instagram post, something along the lines that you had a somewhat complicated relationship. Um, do you, do you mind just disclosing maybe if you guys fell out or you had a falling out or what was so complicated about that? Yeah. I mean, our relationship was tough for most of the time that, that I knew him, you know, we were together mm -hmm. in, a, in a group for, you know, three years. Um, but, you know, we, we had a couple of talks that I would say kind of, you know, kind of made amends, right. At Rich's funeral, we had a good talk. Um, and then maybe five years after that, he called me and we had another good talk. And so okay. we communicated every so often over text message. Um, but, um, you know, it, we, we definitely had a, a tough relationship. Um, was this because he left the group when you were sort of ready to get moving on everything that you had worked for and he just kind of left abruptly or some? No, it was, a, you know, our relationship, it was uh, complicated. And and honestly, what I just try to focus on with him is that I'm appreciative of the efforts that he made in the mm. first two chapters of LFO, the hard work and dedication, I definitely learned a lot from him. He sacrificed a lot um, to follow his dream. And if he hadn't done that, then, um, you know, I might not have the opportunity to to have achieved my own uh, goals and, and dreams. Yeah. And so um, I was deeply saddened by his loss. Um, mm. And it's still really hard to believe. Um, yeah. And um, at this point, um, you know, it, I just believe in honoring the dead. And so, you know, I'll, I'll pray for him and his family and, um, and try to focus on positive aspects of our relationship and our time together. That makes perfect sense. And I respect that. Um, do you, are you in touch with Devin Lima's children? I think he had six children or something like that. Yeah. His, uh, his, his fiance and I are, are friends and um, I'm the godfather for two of two of the kids. Oh, and, that's um, so nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, I probably don't do a, a good enough job of keeping up just because, um, you know, I've got six, six kids and, and I'm pretty busy. Dude, but, you're doing the best you can. I mean, we all are. But, don't, don't give yourself. Nah, but yeah. you know, every year, every year for Christmas, um, the fans come together and, and we, we usually try to help her out with Christmas gifts for the kids. So that's, that's been something we've been doing since, since he got sick. So I, I think the first year we did, it was like 2017. And actually the first year he was in the hospital on Christmas oh. and uh, we made Christmas happen in the hospital. So mm. that Christmas Eve, you know, at the church, I did a midnight mass. And then afterwards I changed into my buddy, the elf pajamas and Floyd, our drummer, put on a Santa costume. Oh my God. And we got these luggage carts and we carried, I'm telling you, like we had two luggage carts full of gifts. We had like I had to bring a couple people from church with bicycles. Mm. And we rolled through the ICU at like two in the morning at the hospital. And we hung stockings from bungee cords in his room. And and the next morning Aww. they had they had Christmas morning at the <sighs> hospital for him and, and the kids. And yeah, it was wow. really, it was really a beautiful, uh, beautiful experience. And so every year, um, you know, we, we try to do the same and try to uh, get some gifts for the kids and make uh, life a little, a little bit easier and, and yeah. remind them how much, how much uh, Devin was loved. Yeah. And I'm sure Devin is just so appreciative 
I really, I really believe that. I really believe that he is so thankful for you. Um, you know, something you mentioned that I, I didn't even realize either was that when you were on tour and Rich was sick, physically, all he was capable of was doing the show. And that was it. Were you, you guys, did people wonder like where Rich was when you guys were doing all this press or, or, or like, that seems right. You're missing a person. They probably yeah, were a little you know, confused. I think we just explained that, you know, that he, people knew his journey that he was had been battling leukemia and mm-hmm. at this particular juncture in time he, he wasn't in in great health yeah so it just made sense for him to be able to just rest and um and focus on the show you know it's yeah. not unusual for not for each guy to not show up the sound check some some guys okay. they don't they don't show up the sound check at all they just send their tech guys to do their oh. sound checks you know what i mean so okay that wasn't too okay. unusual and we actually had one show on that tour. He just was too sick to play. So we just we had to play it without him. Um, but um, I'm so glad we did that tour because we became closer than we had ever been before on that tour. And we really realized how much we loved each other. And um, yeah. financially, it wasn't a great, you know, I, I definitely lost money on that tour. But <laughs> I'm thankful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, right. I, I'm thankful that we did it because, because, a rich had a chance to tour for one last time and, yeah and we became really close and, and in 2017 when Devin and i brought lfo back on the road partially be, thanks to jeff timmons because the year before jeff timmons and i were texting back and forth and he said hey man you know we're on this y2k tour and, and yeah um, and we honor you guys at every show i said oh well if you ever want me and Devin to come out and do a cameo just let me know yeah he said all right pick a date and so I was looking through the tour dates and they were playing at Coney Island. And that's where we shot the video for Summer Girls. So um, Devin and I flew up. I didn't up. realize that. Oh, yeah, cool. We, we flew up. We uh, we did our part, which is like 30 seconds long. The crowd went bananas. And I remember walking <sighs> off stage with my arm around Devin saying, man, that was a cruel joke. And um, three days later, I got a call from an agent asking if we would consider bringing LFO back on the road. And so I'm literally crying. I'm so- I'm yeah. literally crying. I just can't. I can't. Yeah. And so I spent a whole lot of time on my knees in prayer. Yeah. About, is this, you know, I tried to examine, you know, what are our intentions? Where's, where's our heart at? And the intentions were clear and the heart was pure. It was opportunity mm-hmm. to honor Rich. There's an opportunity to bring fans back to a simpler time. And then obviously for with us, with 10 kids, it was like an opportunity <laughs> to perhaps support our families. A little yes. Better. <laughs> yes. So, so, you know, we did the tour and I drove the tour bus. And we slept on the bus at truck stops and it wow. was grueling, but it was so much fun and it was amazing. And we were making plans for the next leg of the tour when, uh, when Devin got sick, you know? And, wow. Uh, yeah. It was to- totally out of the blue on, on, you know, on that tour. He was, he was, he's crazy. He was so agile. He was like a cat. He would yeah. stand on the edge of railings and jump off speakers and <laughs> My God. even, and he was doing all that with a tour in the size of a football in his belly. It's and crazy. he didn't even know. He had no idea that. No. Oh no. my. And this is, I'm just thinking, I mean, just your, um, your whole persona and your whole, you got this vibe, right? It's a very comforting vibe. It's a very Zen vibe, very chill. I don't want to say you're shy. I wouldn't, necessarily describe you as shy i'm trying to think of the adjective but just speaking to you now i never you're just you're very humble you're you know you're down to earth watching you as a kid and and 
and seeing your videos. And I'm thinking when you said the summer girls video, I'm just thinking of it. I just, I don't think I would have thought that you would be like this. You know what I mean? I don't know if you've, if you've changed throughout the years or if you've always been, but like, I just, I don't know how I thought you'd be. <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure. You know, I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My, my wife, a lot of times if she comes to the show, mm -hmm. she's like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, like you turn on this, like really not like talky, but like, you've just got a lot of confidence up there, obviously. And it's like, you belong up there. And now it's just, it's different. So <laughs> I think, you know, some people, what you see on stage is what you see off the stage. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and in my case, it, it's different. You know, like you said, I'm pretty mild mannered <laughs> off the stage. Yes. Um, and when I get on the stage, especially now with those guys being gone, I, I kind of treat it almost like a battle, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I try to, yeah. obviously I try to have fun and a hundred percent, but when I get really emotional, I have to flip that, those emotions into almost anger, like, a, and try to treat it like, like it's a battle, you know? And, I mean, uh, do you ever yell? I can't imagine you yelling. That's the thing. Like when you get mad, I feel like your voice, you're like, come on, God, like you yell at your kids. I'm, I'm just wondering. Nah, you're so chill. You know <laughs> My 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 first two, um, they're, they're teenagers now. I don't think I yelled at them at all. I my younger it. ones, my uh, I have a six, I have a almost six year old who requires some yelling sometimes, which I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not used to. I'm not used to, but I, you know, is it a boy? I, it's a boy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, try I knew to, it. They're so little boys are so annoying. Okay, <laughs> I try. I try to, you know. I try to stay really quiet and calm and just mm. kind of talk to him quietly about stuff. But then sometimes he won't react until I have, have the yell. And I'll say to him, I'll say, listen, you're, you're getting me to the point where I'm going to have to yell at you. Yep. Yep. And that's, he doesn't like, he doesn't like that. I don't, I don't like doing it, but. I know, but sometimes but no, you gotta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but otherwise, yeah. I, you know, as you, as you said, I'm a pretty, pretty calm person, but on stage it's, it's different. It's a whole, it's a, you're doing something different, you know? Yes. Um, and, yes. Um, and I, you know, enjoy, enjoy that, that opportunity to, to be on the stage and to help nurture that legacy, you know? Yeah. And now I feel like I've just emotionally drained you at this point. So just to, to close things out, can you just, do you have a, a memory of you and Devin and Rich, just a really happy one that maybe people are not aware of or, or a story that no one's heard before, just about, about the three of you guys? You know, one of my, fondest memories um which actually i posted on youtube years and years ago mm. is uh we were on tour maybe like the year 2000 or 2001 we had two tour buses one for for us and our tour manager michael pluto and then one for the band and the crew and we stopped somewhere i, I don't know it could have been tennessee could have been west virginia someplace in the middle of nowhere at a waffle house and we took over the whole waffle house like uh, we started like we were cooking we were serving we were taking the money you know like our keyboard player was flipping eggs and Mike wow. Caputo was cooking bacon and Rich was <laughs> using doing the cash register it, it yeah was, like, it people was were so, dying were they like flipping out <laughs> yeah yeah it was so much fun it was you know people were walking in like what on earth is happening here you know <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't do that these days I don't think yeah but, um, yeah but yeah it was that's one of my my fondest memories of, of uh being with the guys was was doing that it was just it's really hilarious and rich you know i tell people at the shows rich is one of the greatest rappers to ever live but he was also 
one of the funniest people on the planet. I mean, Jeff said that he, too. He said yeah. that as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can see some of the clips from that Mission Man Band show they did. Um, yeah. Rich, his famous line was never let a few facts get away with a good story, you know? And um, <laughs> nobody could tell a story like Rich. And I think he gets that from his dad. His dad is similar, not quite as like um, outlandish or jovial as Rich, but yeah. a good storyteller. And <laughs> that's funny. Rich, man, he, he, you know, and once he could sense that he was getting a reaction, then he would just like step it up and he would just control the whole room with his hilarity. And I, I, def, I definitely miss his smile and I miss his his um his humor a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like um when I have uh on a montour with Chris from Insanic and Mark from Sugar Ray, it's almost having them two together is kind of like having a rich back, you know, because they're both really funny guys. Yeah. And the combination of the two of them together um yeah. yeah is is it reminds me of having a rich back in the room um which is really cool that's that's literally the nicest thing i've heard oh my gosh mm. wow well brad mm. thank you so much this has been so amazing for me i mean this literally just talking mm. to you has just made my life really truly i really appreciate it i mean when i wrote this article the other week for nikki swift i was i was crying i was like i just there was so much I didn't know about you guys and just about your journey. So, and now I, I feel like I know even more. So thank you for sharing. Um, do you want to plug anything else while people are listening? No, you know, that, that's the kind of the freeing things of uh, yeah. doing press these days is I'm not trying to sell anything, you yeah. know, um, I'm just, I'm always, I'm happy to talk to anybody who, who aligns with my mission of honoring the guys. And yeah. um I guess the one thing that you could say we're promoting is the fact that there's a whole bunch of shows coming up this summer. Yes. The pop 2000 tour. And if people are interested in seeing what I'm up to with my mission, um, you know, the social media handle is the real LFO and um, that's where I'll be. Thank you so much. Brad Fischetti from LFO. Thanks again for joining me on Born interviews. Thanks for having me. God bless. Peace. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.